Microphone checker. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the one and only Andrew Schultz. Four-time returning guest, Andrew Schultz Unfiltered. Let me tell you something, man. It was a really good episode. And what I mean by that, it was it, it just it wasn't only just about comedy. It was just about him changing his life around, battling with depression, family. Andrew Schultz is a guy that I really feel is somebody, not only in comedy, but somebody that you could look to to understand that sometimes when shit ain't working, you gotta peel apart some shit and and, and really try to change things around you. And and his analogy of like, you know, giving to the universe instead of expecting and being entitled was amazing to me. But internets, if you haven't checked it out, trust me, put it on your to-do list. It, you know, you know where we are. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and go to YouTube, The Premium Pete Show, and check out. There is a bunch of full videos, full episodes, clips, etc., behind the scenes of subscribe, rate, comment, tell a friend, and tell a friend. You know what the fuck it is. Let me tell you something. Before we get into this week's episode, okay, I want to talk about a couple of things. I always tell people, when you open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. I would not say it if I didn't mean it. Tweet me, uh, you know, Instagram, whatever it is. Check the fuck in. Let me know where you're listening from. I love when people let me know where they're listening from. Sometimes you have people that listen in from Sweden, Italy, uh, uh, Tokyo, Japan. You know, then you have people in the States, in Chicago, in Detroit, in Florida, in, in, in Seattle, in, in, in New York City. Come on, man. People everywhere, thank you. Okay? And, 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 and people always ask me, like, yo, Pete, man, I really appreciate... Uh, you know, the the show and what it has done for me, what could I do for you? I tell people all the time, tell a friend to tell a friend. If the Premium Pete Show or anybody who has appeared on the Premium Pete Show has done something for you, okay, has helped you, has got you through uh, what you were going through, then tell a friend to tell a friend, okay? Internet, I can't say no more. Let me tell you something. The other day, uh, I put something on my Instagram, at Premium Pete, and I want to share it with you. I wrote, one of the greatest things I ever learned in life is never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Again, internet, let me say that. One of the greatest things I ever learned in life is never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. And that's when I put, look, I'm determined, but I'm thankful. You know, I think it's important to, you know, want more and, 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 and hope for more and push for more and work for more, but never forget what you have. I, I mean that, man. I remember times where I didn't have anything, you know, um, that I really wanted to, you know, that, but I had everything I needed, you know, and, and sometimes things come in spurts. Sometimes you get a little bit, you know, all I'm saying is be thankful, man. There's people right now uh, don't have a place to sleep tonight, you know, like, like there's people right now that don't have a meal. And again, I'm not trying to be Pastor Pete when it comes to this shit, but it's fucking real life, Okay. And, and and it means something, man. Let me let, let, let me tell you how important that is, okay? Because some people, like I said, you know, don't have a brand new pair of sneakers, but some people don't have no feet, and 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 and, and it's that real, man. So you know, uh, appreciate what you have, but be determined to have more. So you know, but let me tell you something, man. You know, it, it it's oh, it. <clears throat> excuse me, man. I'm just getting over a cold, so you know. It's it feels good to be. Let me tell you something, man. Being sick is the worst thing in the fucking world. Like meaning, like about like 
you know, when you don't feel yourself and you got the chills and, 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 you know, when, when, when your kids get sick, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving, man. They keep on passing it around and, and it's not the greatest feeling, but you know, winter time is here and, uh, these are the things we go through. Internet, let me tell you something. This episode we're about to get into is, and I've done a bunch with Chris Morrow, the pod father, okay, the co-founder of Loudspeakers Network, the author, uh, the the best time, New York Times best-selling author to many many people, okay, and I've I I've done multiple episodes about podcasting with him. And the reason why I did that for is I want people who listen, who fuck with podcasts, who have their own podcasts, who want to start a podcast to learn more. We've done about three episodes, I feel, uh, with Chris Morrow. And now this one is 2019, podcasting in 2019. And me and Chris really just, you know, chop it up and, and go over the landscape right now. What's going on now, you know? And and Chris drops knowledge on the industry of podcasting and talks some more about how the game has changed and how his prediction of big businesses taking over is coming true. I mean, look at Spotify purchasing Gimlet for $230 million. And and also, I mean, we go into a bunch of shit. The origins of Read Podcast and its rise to success, advertising on podcasts that works, the commercialization of weed and his current battle with Lyme disease. And, of course, the legacy of the Combat Jack Show. Internet, let me tell you something. Uh, send your prayers up for Chris dealing with Lyme disease. We get into it in the beginning of this episode uh, of, of how much it's a battle. And a lot of people don't really know a lot of things about Lyme disease, so dealing with it is fucked up. But, Internet, let me tell you something, okay? People always want to thank me. Thank you for the Premium Pete Show. Thank you for my involvement in Combat Jack Show and everything else that I'm a part of. Let me tell you, you fuck with podcasting, you want to learn more about podcasting? You want to understand what is going on in podcasting right now? This is the episode. Send it to a friend, okay? People ask you about what you want to learn about podcasting, what's going on? Send this to a friend. Internet, I don't got to say no more. I introduce to you the 2019 podcasting episode with Chris Morrow, the podfather. Burr. Let's get to it. Cheers. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up one time. Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the Show plus milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Man, it sounds clear through these headphones. Shouts to Stitcher. Uh, you know what time it is. Whenever I have this man in the building, my friend uh, Chris Morrow, we're going to be talking about podcasting. But more importantly, we're going to talk about life in podcasting. And I think before we named this the state of podcasting, but now we're going to talk about 2019 podcasting. Chris Morrow, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Burr. Burr. You know, you know it's funny. People, somebody told me that. You know, it's funny. I think I was on a Talk Texture episode, and some guy was there, and he was like, oh, big fan, Premium P. He's like, I love when Chris Morrow's on, and he says, burr now. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he's graduated. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> but look, um, it's funny. A lot. Ha- what I love about our episodes is that 
people get a chance to really understand a little bit more about podcasting. You've been right so far on a lot of things, you know. Um, I think one of the big keys we left off with before was that it's going to change. Yeah. Big companies are going to come in. Your only hope is, and I'm a fan and uh, agreement uh, with you, uh, that it, it keeps some of the soul. Yeah. You know, um, where, you know, what, first of all, First of all, anyway, about that. How are you? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank okay. you. Yeah. How's everything? You know, for people who may not know, I know that you suffer from Lyme's disease. That's right. Um, still no type cure. of cure. I'm not saying that they found the cure that quick, but no. meaning like, any? do you foresee them to ever try to find, I mean, it can't be something that they can't find anything that could really help, you know? Well, I don't know if I talked about this the last episode, but I, I, I do believe that uh, Lyme's disease is a big epidemic that's only going to get bigger in the next 10 or 15 years unfortunately and I think um, a lot of people are going to start getting it and I think you know some people might even be listening to this and just kind of have this moment in their mind be like oh, I remember that guy talking about it on Pete's sure. podcast uh, it's everywhere um, the areas that it's present are growing significantly in America um, it's in New York City excuse me it's in Central Park, it's in Prospect Park. If you live in the suburbs and you got a little plot of grass in your backyard, it's there. Uh, so, you know, not to scare people, but I, I do think that Lyme disease has become one of these things that, at least in the media, people like to make fun of parents in particular for being overprotective of. You know, like, oh, you know, there are those parents worried about little Johnny getting sure, a tick bite, sure, whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. gets tick bites. Or, you know, especially maybe like middle class white people like being freaking out about it. It's kind of like avocado toast, like it's something to make fun of people about. My message to you listeners is take that shit seriously. If you get a tick bite, white, black, Asian, doesn't matter, young, old, take that shit seriously. Do some research, do some homework. There's a lot of conflicting advice on how to handle it, but educate yourself. And uh, but don't don't just brush it off because. It's real, and it can take a while for it to hit, which is what happened in my case. So, again, not to be a downer, not to scare people, but uh, the the ticks are out there. They're biting people. They're fucking people up. And when you ask, is there a cure? No, there's not a cure. And, okay, then the next question is, right, why isn't there a cure? Um, there's, a, there's a segment of people who believe that this is actually kind of a government conspiracy go, going wrong. Uh, Lyme's disease is called that because it originated or was first quote-unquote discovered in Limes, Connecticut, which is not too far away from here. And another thing that's in Limes, Connecticut, in Limes, Connecticut's right on the Long Island Sound. Mm -hmm. And right outside of Limes, Connecticut, apparently, I've never been there, is an island right in the bay or the coast. And for many years, for 60, 70 years, I think, that's where the U.S. government conducted all its biochemical testing. And it's experiments on animals, you know, trying out different, sure. uh, you know, diseases or chemical warfare sort of stuff. And there's a belief that whatever uh, the component of Lyme disease that's making people have been getting bit by ticks for thousands of years. We know that people haven't been getting sick till recently. So the idea or the theory rather is that they cook something up in this, you know, laboratory because what would be better to destabilize the soviet union sure. than a disease that's transferable through ticks and it makes people sick but you can't really tell what's going on blah 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 and somehow 
somebody screwed up it got out of the bay into the local area and from there it spread that's just a theory but it it, it is strange that i mean i just saw, saw a statistic the other day there's more cases of limes each year than aids than hepatitis but these are diseases that get a lot more uh, publicity so how do you even know like symptoms from it? You know, we spoke about this, you know, before, but not not I don't think about this where like, you know, you are getting older, right? So So how how, how much of know? this is uh not just me, you know, is my leg am I losing muscle tone in my leg because I have Lyme disease or because I'm an old man? I don't know. And that's that's kind of the thing that makes it more difficult. Um some of the symptoms I've had, a lot of them are neurological and like that's pretty clear cut. Uh, the type of fatigue I've had is pretty clear cut, but there's no definitive way to really figure out what it is. Um, and a lot of people think that it's in your head or your, you know, uh, I was taping Brilliant Idiots the other day and, you know, I was complaining about something. And Andrew Schultz was like, you don't have fucking love. You, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, and I was just like, this is. Yeah, see, this is what this people is, this think. Is, this is what it is. And I'm guilty of it. I had a uh, very close friend, my best friend for almost two decades rest in peace, he had Lyme's disease. And, you know, he would be sick sometimes, and then other times he'd be out partying and drinking and doing drugs. And I was like, this guy's not fucking sick. If this guy uh, was really that sick, he would never do this stuff. He would just get better. Because you, sure. you you kind of believe, okay, you have a disease, there's a cure, you follow whatever the doctors tell you, and you get better. And, uh, you know, he ended up committing suicide. How much of that was the Lyme's? I can't really say, but, like, I'm way more sympathetic. I mean, I almost wrote his mother a letter the other day. Like, I'm, I, I see what this guy was going through, and some days you can feel fine. And, you know, I'm a grown man dealing with it. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine what I would have been like at 19. Yeah. You know? You know, it's, uh, well, first off, you know, uh, prayer's always up that uh, you could find more and more information. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, here's something even crazier. Being, you know, the uh, co-founder of Loudspeakers Network, being in podcasting so long, being in radio uh, uh, so long, would you want to bring onto the network, say, uh, a health or remedy podcast like that? You know, because I remember you told me you listen to a Lyme disease podcast. Is that true? I agree, Tommy, or something like to do? Yeah, it's a while ago. I think you're telling the, me. The, I think I talked about this last time. That you know, I I do think out of all the fields that are out there, all the different lanes that people could go in, I do think health and wellness is the one that has the most potential. Mm. In Be- 2019, too. Going forward, absolutely. Um, because having spent a lot of time visiting doctors, kind of making the rounds, like what's very clear, even if Lyme's itself isn't clear, is that the medical system in this country is broken. Yeah. Very seriously broken. It doesn't work. Uh, the insurance, I mean, you know, my insurance doesn't pay for Lyme's. You know, I, don't, I was doing my taxes last week. I don't even want to say how much I spent. Yeah out of pocket. I mean, it's insane. Um, So I I think that, and you know, the other thing is the more time you spend going around to doctors and making the rounds, you you start to really understand that doctors are making educated guesses. They don't really know. They don't really have, because our bodies are like incredibly complex. No two people are the same. No set of environments are the same. So, you know, they can say do X, Y, and Z, and, you know, 70% of the time that might work. But what happens when you're in the 30%? Um, 
And we don't really have anything in this country that addresses that. And I just think that people are going to be becoming more and more concerned with and aware of wellness moving forward. I just think it's going to become a huge space. I think it's already a huge space, and I think it's going to get bigger. And I think, you know, yeah, podcasts will be one component of it. The thing is, and I'm guilty of this myself, is when you're feeling bad, you spend all your time listening to podcasts and Googling things and reading newsletters and gathering information. The second you start to feel better, you don't want to see any of that shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're like, don't, I don't even want to touch this yeah, stuff. Yeah. I want to pretend like this stuff isn't out there because it's depressing. Yeah. You're over it already. You're over it. You know, so I think, I think what's going to be big going forward is wellness as just a lifestyle rather than as a reaction to something that's broken, right? Don't let it break. Sure. And, you know, like this is this is a conversation that, you know, we've had off the mic uh, just about as you're getting older and, you know, you're going into middle age and, you know, you see people getting sick around you and struggling, like how important this stuff becomes. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, too, because when I think about YouTube, I think about how many people look to YouTube for remedies and how to do things and how to find out things, right? right? If you think about it, I don't want to say it's underrated. I'm not going to say that because I think that people, I am amazed at how many people go to YouTube. I mean, I've spoken to people who go to YouTube to learn how to change their brakes. Right. I've changed a, a refrigerator a filter through YouTube. I fixed my thermostat in my house one time through YouTube. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, we are in an information grabbing stage where people, you know, uh, I like your point though. Once you're kind of away from this, you may move on to it. But I think people are dying for information on how to or similarities of stuff that people are going through. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, YouTube is literally where I diagnose myself. Yeah. I, my first uh, symptoms were fasciculations, which are basically kind of ripples along your skin or, fluctuations of your skin on my calves and I was like what the fuck is this yeah. and I googled I was on YouTube and I typed it in just because I could see what was happening on my leg and I wanted to see an yeah, image sure, of somebody sure. else and like I saw somebody was having the exact same thing on their leg and the first comment was that's either Lyme's or ALS where did you get bit I got bit uh on my leg okay oh wow yeah and that freaked me out because I was like ALS, like ALS is a death sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like really depressed for a few months because I thought maybe I had ALS. And then it started to present itself more as limes. But, you know, just in terms of the self-research thing, you know, I, I had a doctor tell me uh, not too long ago, he's like, you got to understand, you know more about limes than 90% of the doctors in America right now because you've researched, you've asked questions, any. I'm also in a position where I'm a writer, so research is something that kind of comes naturally to me. So I, I get into it. But he's like, you didn't go to med school, but you, you have more information sure, than most sure. of these doctors. Uh, the flip side of that coin is you can take yourself. You know, I diagnosed myself with ALS initially. That's not a smart thing to do. You know, uh, there are a lot of people out there who are using Google and YouTube to give themselves cancer, to give themselves MS, to give themselves a lot of stuff. And if you're not careful, you can go down that dark hole and it takes a long time to come out. So I think you have to be very judicial. You know, you use those tools to educate yourself, but you try to leave the actual diagnosis to a, to a, uh, a, doctor, a doctor, who you trust. And that's the other thing, you know. I've probably seen 50 doctors over the last few years. 
I was someone who always kind of trusted doctors implicitly. It's a doctor. He knows or yeah, she knows what sure. they're talking about. Now I'm like, you know, you got to you gotta win me over. Yeah, so yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you got to – you know, the biggest thing, and I think this is true um, for anyone who's been through any sort of medical crisis with yourself or your family, is you just got to be your, your, your own advocate. You know, you gotta you gotta fight for yourself. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, listen. Anyway, but that was your that was your Lyme's, Lyme's public disease. service announcement. Uh, uh, yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> you know, as we move back to talking about podcasting yeah. in 2019, okay, you know, a lot has changed, okay, but nothing that you didn't say would happen, okay. Right. Big companies. Are, are are coming and, 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 and they're acquiring other companies. We've seen that where Spotify acquired Gimlet. Yeah. We, we, you know, uh, which was tremendous. Did, did, did that take you by surprise? Um, did that take me by surprise? I'd heard rumblings about it for a few months. Uh, the size of the deal took me by surprise. I think it took everybody by surprise. No. You mean money-wise? Money-wise. So, Gimlet. Uh, Gimlet, which is one of the kind of premier uh, podcasting networks, uh, a network that you know loudspeakers collaborated with, on on Mogul with, um, was sold to Spotify, and the listed price was two hundred thirty million, which is tremendous. A lot of fucking money, a lot of a lot of Gimlet employees uh, doing all right for themselves. I sure. saw I saw Matt Nelson coming out of uh, Kithlon Flatbush with uh, seven boxes of Jordans and. Uh, <laughs> Joe Budden's old sweatpants. So, oh my like, God! Those guys did very well for themselves, and I'm I'm happy for them. Uh, but I I I think it did uh, kind of shock a lot of people in the industry just how much money Spotify spent on Gimlet, and then also what the ramifications were, you know, of that happening. Mm. So so they and they also acquired Anchor, right? They acquired Anchor as well, and. Uh, I was recently at a podcasting conference where the guy who started Anchor was speaking, trying to explain exactly what Anchor is and does. And to be honest, I still don't know what they do, but obviously Spotify sees something there. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 what does that mean? So, with a deal like that, where Spotify comes and spends two hundred and thirty million dollars and acquires Gimlet, yeah, like what? What does that mean for for podcasting? You know, like meaning from you know, look, there's people who turn on mics and do podcasting every week. And there's people who do it and, and do it for a living. There's people who do it for fun. There's people. Right. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, you know, this is a big deal. It's, you know, what, what does it mean? Well, I think for the short term, what it means is that Spotify has gone from a company that acts as a platform for people's content to a company that is creating content. And they signaled that to a smaller degree with uh, Budden. Yeah. Amy Schumer, I guess, was the other big acquisition they had. But now they're going to become a content-creating network themselves in a way that Apple hasn't. You know, Apple's kind of, for the most part, stayed at being a platform, at least when it comes to podcasting. So, you know, I think... In, it's not exactly the same, but in same, some ways it's similar to um, a Netflix model maybe where Netflix just started as a platform where you could stream movies and now obviously they create a lot of shows on their own. So 
in some ways, I think it's really great for the industry because Spotify has money and people have ideas for shows that previously they weren't sure how to make on their own or didn't have the resources to make. And now, just like a filmmaker, don't have to just rely on the Hollywood studio system anymore. They can go to a Netflix and a lot, you know, a lot of them, for them, Netflix is the first choice now. Yeah. So now as podcasters, uh, there's an outlet where you can go, in theory, hopefully, and get somebody to fund your project. Now, we're probably not talking about podcasts like this where we just turn on sure. the mics and start talking because unless you're a big celeb with a huge following, you know, I'm not sure they need that. But for a scripted podcast, something closer to mogul, yeah. I mean, Or I a crime series type style. Crime series, yes. We like crime series. So I think it opens up that possibility. Um and then, you know, I think the hope is that then some of these other platforms follow suit. Maybe Apple says, all right, we're going to start paying for content. And then Pandora says, we're going to start paying for content. Well, Stitcher, yeah. Stitcher, well, Stitcher already does pay for content. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's where these headphones came from. So I think that's the good part of it. I think the slightly scary part of it is that now, and, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes, everyone is going to expect a check. Mm. Everyone's going to want a check. And it was trending in that direction anyways. This just kind of accelerated it a lot. You know, there's a tremendous amount of people doing podcasts. I mean, right. obviously from the last time we spoke till now, there's got to be 100,000 more podcasts. Okay? Right. And it's funny you just mentioned about money because everyone looks. I don't care. Like Some people say, oh, we're doing it for fun. But everyone looks to the next person. Right. Like what they're doing, right. how they're doing. So they eventually want to make money or they want advice or they want, uh, you know, they, they, you know, and I don't blame them. Obviously, if you're doing content and you want to try to make money, but it, it, unfortunately, not everyone can make money doing this. Right. Right. You know, when we spoke, uh, we had a couple of episodes about podcasting, but we spoke about even like as low as, say, 25,000 download streams can make you uh, uh, get, you know, an advertiser, a sponsor. Yeah. On an episode, do you still believe those numbers are eligible to uh, uh, to warrant somebody to get a sponsor on their on their uh, podcast? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you have a better chance of getting it now than you did even six months ago. Why is that? Uh, because there are a lot more companies in the ad sales game in podcasting now. Um, you know, we have a relationship with a company at Loudspeakers that we've used for the last five years, but you know, every week it seems like there's a new ad ad agency rather reaching out hey could we do business with you um and i think what you're seeing is a lot of companies that were kind of focused on digital ad sales are now pivoting and trying to get into podcasting ad sales so if you have a show that does 30,000 40,000 those aren't huge numbers but there's so many people um out there trying to get you know, in the ad game business that you might be able to find somebody who, you know, w would jump at that. I think, you know, the danger of it is with so many people trying to sell podcast ad sales now, there's the danger or the temptation that they all kind of undercut each other yeah. and that then they end up driving the prices for the entire industry down. So if I'm trying to get in the game right now, what's what's the best thing I can do? Oh, uh, he's he's giving you 70%. I'll give you 90%. Even if I don't make any money, I just need to get a sure, foot in sure, the door. Sure. And then 
everybody gets so used to it that 90 becomes the, you know, the standard. So I think that's what you're seeing. But yeah, I think if you're a smaller show on the scale, uh, there's somebody out there right now who wants to do business with you. You know, it's funny. We talked about YouTube. Yeah. And then I think about this. And I was talking to this with a couple of people. Some, uh, it's crazy when you think about this, but right. So you have a podcast on YouTube and the episode gets about, I don't know, I'll just give you 750,000 views. Right. That probably gets you about $1,500 from YouTube. Right. But if it's an episode on a podcasting platform, I mean, I, you're looking at probably 50,000, 100,000, no? Um, how, you know, how crazy is it that video is so sexy, but audio is where the money's at? Is it because it's the infrastructure of, of, of podcasting? Uh, no, it's because the case has been made and so far it's held up that there's more engagement in an audio ad, mm-hmm. in a host-read audio ad. So, you know, if you go on YouTube, you're going to see any one of these thousands of video things that you can click out of after four seconds, five seconds, depending on what the setup is. Take that versus a spot where me and you are talking about a Casper mattress sure. that we had last night. Uh, you know, Well, me and you didn't have a Casper right. mattress. Somebody would have said a word in here, but I don't do that. <laughs> no, so, somebody right. playing with you. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, well, okay, Blue Apron. You could have come over to my house. We could have cooked some yeah, sea absolutely. bass. You know, that's okay. Love it. Right, so... That's a much more engaging ad. We started talking about cooking it, and you burn this, and we ate that. And it feels like part of the show in a way that an ad, just a straight video ad that gets dumped in the middle of your YouTube content, is never going to feel that way. And so far, it seems that's held up. It seems that there's a much higher level of engagement for these. Now, not every podcast ad is the same way. If you just hand a podcast host a sheet of paper, they don't know anything about it. Sure. Um, but, you know, let's say, uh, you know, Goat, the, the sneaker. Sne- yeah, sneaker, sneaker time app. and app, yeah. Uh, they were on Brilliant Idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a pair of sneakers off of Goat, you know. Um, I was showing it to them. Mouse Jones was on. He was, you know, saying this. Schultz was saying that. It became part of the show. It became part of the fabric of the show. And that makes the listener much less likely to press fast forward and then the ad sticks around and if it's something that makes sense for them they might actually go out and buy it so i think that's why even though the audience numbers are smaller the ad cpms which is the standard by which you uh sell podcast ads that number is actually higher than video you know it's funny because i remember when we were starting with the combat jack show yeah i remember one thing I loved about host read ads by us, by combat, by whoever, even sometimes it was multiple uh, right. people. One thing I loved is that, um, you know, people, and I don't know if people still feel this way. I, I want to say I believe so, but when they heard us talking about an ad, they're like, oh, okay, these motherfuckers, they got something here. Be- you know Reggie what I mean? Reggie really shaved his head with bevel. No, but like they were yeah. happy that we were, like, meaning right. they knew that, like, we were basically telling them, like, look, we just got sponsored. Okay, we're making, we're going to make some money for us. You get all this free content. But there was a problem with that, too. Go ahead. And that was, you know, uh, to me, tax was always the, uh, the classic example of this. So, for a long time, most of the podcast audience has been, like, white, middle class, 
listeners who kind of came up out of that NPR, PBS world, right? Okay. And why that's significant is they're used to this idea of, hey, we're giving you content for free, but you're going to support us, right? PBS fundraisers, give 50 bucks, we're going to give you a tote bag. NPR, whatever they gave away. So they were kind of conditioned. So like when this podcast thing came around and it was like, you, you're not going to pay for this show, but when we have this uh, advertisement for stamps.com, you're going to get some stamps maybe if you don't really need them or not because we understand, we've been trained, conditioned, this is the way we support something that we love. Whereas when tax started getting ads, I can remember his audience, you know, people, excuse me, tweeting him and being like, yo, you made it, man. You made it. And I kept telling him, you didn't make shit. You yeah. got one ad. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's only yeah. coming back if they support you. Sure. And you got to you gotta spell it out for your audience. You actually have to say, listen, the way you keep the show going is the is by getting the mattress, buying the toothbrush, sure. getting the bevel, whatever the case may Tell be. Telling a friend. You know, just because they're on one week doesn't mean they're coming back because these are all direct response ads, right? So they're waiting to see how many people buy the razor using premium code, you know, premium peak code, tax, idiots, whatever the case may be. Sure. And if they don't hit those numbers, they're not coming back the next week. You got to tell your audience that. You got to explain to your audience, this is how you're going to support me to help me keep doing this show. Whereas someone who kind of came up watching PBS or listening to NPR, they already know because they've been buying the tote bag. And I think that for, you know, hip hop podcast in particular, like, it took a while for the audience to kind of understand, like, no, these guys didn't make it just because they got an ad. They make it when they keep the ads. Yeah. And the way they keep the ads is the audience buys this, the product. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's how you hear ads stay for a longevity amount of time on a, on a podcast. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of, I, I mean, I'm sure you get hit up all the time. I get hit up all the time from people uh, with questions about podcasting, wanting to come onto the network, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. You know, it's funny. Before we mentioned about that smaller, uh, maybe smaller podcasts have a chance to get advertisers. For people for people listening, you know, especially smaller podcasts who, who are very eager and, and, and want to try to, you know, possibly make some money. How the hell do they even reach an advertiser? Like, how did, if, if it's not somebody they know on their own, like meaning like if they don't know like a, a local shop that's willing to sponsor them, I'm talking about how do they reach like real advertisers? I mean, I actually think local is the way to go if you're yeah. a smaller show. Yeah. I think that's actually, I mean, because right, if you listen to, you know, Power 105, half the ads are such and such, you know, Toyota and Bay Ridge, you yeah. know, such and such Cadillac and Bayonne. Like, yeah. it's local local spots yeah um like that's something i'm kind of following with the weed industry too right like there's a lot of money there's a lot of weed companies who are trying to you know get information out about them but maybe they can't advertise or they don't see the point in advertising in states where you know it's not legal it's not legal yet but hey if you're in uh colorado if you're in massachusetts if you're in washington state like i would be hitting up local dispensaries and trying to make, you know, even if you get some product, you know, yeah. like that's a win. So I think the local strategy actually makes a lot of sense uh, for smaller shows. Yeah. Do you, have, have you smoked the weed in the, the last uh, years of your life as far as the meaning uh, in, in, in your four, now in your 40s? Have you smoked? Uh... Yeah. Um, I actually had a really 
bad reaction with the limes. I was taking a medicine that uh, gave me like a really intense reaction. It's actually this, it took me a while to figure out. It's called derealization. And it feels like you're basically living in an alternate life. It doesn't sound that scary, really? but it was like the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me in my life. And it, for some reason, smoking was what set it off. So, and it took me like a couple months to get rid of it. So, after that, um, I just had to stop. And it's really disappointing for me because I was a huge smoker for a long time. Yeah. And now it's like, this is like, you know, you can argue about like, what was the golden age of hip hop? What was the golden age of movies? Or This is the golden age of weed smoke yeah. from what I can yeah. tell. Like yeah. everywhere I look, every it's like people are smoking, uh, you know, really nice weed. They're smoking, you know, like I told you I was at, Pete has me out, you know, reviving my sneaker life. I'm out. Uh, what's the one down here? Stadium. Uh, Stadium Goods. You know, and they have those streets with the little like stoops in front of it. Yeah. And the whole thing is nothing but like twenty year old kids just sitting outside on the stoop smoking, you know, weed. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Where was this when I was twenty? You know, they were still <laughs> yeah. this still Giuliani. They were fucking arresting people. So uh, I can't really indulge. I would love to indulge. I'd like to get back at it, but uh, for the time being, at least, it's it's not working for me. Now, as far as loudspeakers, are you looking for some type of you know? Oh, beat? weed yeah, theme we, show. Yeah, yeah. I, I would embrace that. I'm working on a couple right now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think there's going to be a real sweet spot between the cannabis industry and podcasting. Mm. Mm. Why do you say that? Uh, well, I think a we don't have to worry about any sort of regulations for now. If we want to advertise something, there's nobody stopping us or telling sure. us we can't. And, you know, I think I think in a lot of ways the two industries mirror each other. I think podcasting is a little further along in the development, but I think they're both industries that um, started off as the wild, wild west with a lot of energy and a lot of soul and a lot of excitement, and I think they're getting more corporate day by day. I think podcasting will get there first. I think with the Gimlet Spotify move, it's that's essentially the beginning of the corporate podcast era. And, you know, uh, I I think there's going to be, you know, in the not-too-distant future, you know, like Marble is going to be selling weed or fucking yeah, Bear. Yeah. Or, you know, like it's going to get completely... It's going to be sold at Wawa. It'll be Burr. You know, like it'll be very buttoned up and all that <laughs> shit. So Would I was... like a 20? Right. I was talking to... Uh, I won't say what we we're talking about, but uh, Al Harrington, I was talking to you about that. He, I think it's Viola. Is that the name uh, of his company? Viola, yes. That's his company. And I was telling him... Uh, like, I was kind of envious of them. I was like, damn, like, the cannabis industry is really where podcasting was, like, five years ago. Yeah. You know, like... It's on that brink. Yeah, so I was like, enjoy it now, because it's gonna... Now, he's in a different situation. Like, I don't know what his, you know, real situation is, but, like, he might be under a little less pressure to build a company up and sell it. And I think he's really doing it because he's into it and he cares about it. But I was like, this... It reminds me... Just hearing him describe what he's doing and the projects he's working on, I was like, man, this really... Reminds me of where podcasting was. You know, even with someone like Berner, who I had on, who yeah. owns, a co co you know, is one of the founders of Cookies. Sure. And and you know, uh, him, you know, him telling us on an episode that we did that uh, credit company, uh, not credit, credit like Swiss companies are coming and trying to buy the, you know, 
they offered him eight hundred million dollars to for cookies. Not him, meaning a whole group of people who own cookies. Shit. But it's all some of it's like stocks and things that you right. know. What I mean? Who's real and who's fake? It, and exactly. It's, it's, but what I mean is, people are coming in that world because keep in mind, you're right. You know, when you say that, and I think we said this off air a bunch of times about like being in the 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 heyday of weed. Right. When could you think of a better time? I mean, it, it is about to get real. Meaning, like in New York, in Jersey. In all over the world, you're going to be able to go and buy uh, uh, weed just like you're able to buy a pack of cigarettes. Oh, I mean, I went to this place in L.A. last time I was in L.A. This is probably like a year ago. I think it's called MedMen. Okay. And they were trying to really um, like position it as like the Apple store yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. weed. And it was like really upscale. And, you know, you would go to, you know, they had tables laid out like Apple store. And they actually had iPads. And you would... You know, with the type of strain you wanted to buy, like they would have a description of it on sure. the iPad and it would show you the different strains and the history. And, you know, you could like zoom in and look at the buds. And I was like, this is, you know, this is beautiful. And then you come back to New York and I'm like, this is like fucking barbaric yeah, here. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be like that everywhere. Um, you know, and I, I'm like, I guess my kids are just going to grow up being heavy weed smokers because, <laughs> like, how, how do you, I mean, it is kind of true. I'm like, I can't imagine what I would have been like at 17 if all, if, you know, I think of all the, the hustles I did to buy weed in Philly yeah. in like yeah. 1985. Like, can you, can I imagine what I've been doing if you could have just walked into like a high end store and it's sick. had this at your fingertips? Or even they were able to grow the strains like they are. I mean, literally people are chefs these days, so to speak, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, my, my wife is really into like watching shows on Netflix about wine and like, you know, the history of the wine and the soil it was grown in sure. and the different strains and this tastes like that and that has hints of that and i was like and there's whole you know there's billion dollar industries built around that right sure. out in california and you can go and spend the weekend or even on long island and you go to this winery and then they serve you this and the food and it's an experience and i'm like it's two three years it's going to be weed versions of that yeah. everywhere yeah. like oh you know you can see this is the field we're growing it in and this is our hemp infused you know lasagna whatever the you know sure and they also i mean they're doing it now a lot of underground stuff but i mean they have even like you know weed maps you mm -hmm. know what i mean and and and, and you know that's all they have a store yeah in, yeah. in downtown yeah. manhattan yeah. Yeah. yeah so they have places in la where you could call like an uber eats yeah and just pull up and, you know, grab yourself. I mean, it, it, it's it's that crazy. But, you know, uh, before we move on to the next thing, I do want to say when we were speaking about those smaller podcasts and, yeah. and, and we spoke about local advertisement, but if they did want to try to reach out to someone, what advice would you give them? You know what I mean? I mean, I would just go online and sp do a little investigating and, you know, in, in 10 minutes you'll see who the players in the game are. And then it's just a matter of, uh, you know, kind of making a case for yourself. Sure. You know, maybe make a little deck. Uh, but it's really a numbers game. Like, if you have yeah. the numbers, someone's sure. going to do business with you. What's the, uh, you get emails all the time, like we spoke about. What's some of the worst emails you ever got, like, as far as, like, people, like. I have one guy who's been sending me emails trying to shock me. <laughs> yeah, what he's you like mean? you fucking Jew piece of shit and Charlemagne is I won't say and Andrew Schultz is a Nazi yeah. and uh, you know in big caps with like exclamation parts he's like now that I have your attention listen to my podcast and I was, but he just kept yeah. hit me with it and at a certain point I was like I might have to just listen to this guy's podcast <laughs> but then I was like now nah, I'm not listening to this shit fuck that oh man that's some that's some pitch man <laughs> <laughs> like every day for a week just like the filthiest stuff 
in you know in, in in the podcast world, do you think that we have a company that's really uh, providing analytics to a full level? I mean, do you? Feel, I feel like there's a space for that. You know, do oh, there are a lot of startups. That's like kind of the biggest hottest thing right now, is the startups that instead of working with you, the podcast creator, they'll work with your ad agency to give even. Um, you know, much more detailed metrics sure. that might be available through a SoundCloud yeah. or an Apple. Yeah. And they're, they're actually, I know a, a number of people, you know one of them, I won't you yeah. know, say, but like a lot of people have left their jobs sure. in sales and joined these startups taking equity in these startups. And they're, you know, the hope is at some point one of the one of the big boys is going to say Come and acquire okay them. i'll take you and you go from 0 to 100 sure. just like that because keep in mind and 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 this is important and we try i mean look i you know i've wa- right. i walked into rooms to try to get advertising you know a couple of years ago uh, felt I had it on the hook. Right. And they, well, what's the difference between radio and podcasting? You know, people get cold feet. They don't know. We want to try it out. We want to get a test, right? Right. So keep in mind, if you did have tremendous analytics, yeah. Because we're at a point where, remember, when we were doing it, people were like, oh, you got a podcast? That's cute. Right. Now they're like, there's companies right now, like tomorrow or today or whatever day anyone's listening to us, people are like, podcasting we need to get into that space it's a gold rush right now yeah yeah so so think about it you know uh, uh uh you get to a point where if you're able to provide powerful analytics for these companies what else could they say they have to believe in it no that meaning the advertisers yeah and i think i think what you, your argument becomes is i have a niche audience yeah that you might not be reaching with some of the bigger numbers you don't know who who's listening and what i what i'm making the case is Okay, I only got eight thousand people, but I'm hitting eight thousand, you know, uh, African American women between the ages of eighteen to thirty-five, or sure. I'm hitting six thousand Asian men between twenty-five and forty-five, and I, you just happen to have this product that's, you know, that's your core audience, and all you need is three or four thousand people who are really likely to buy this thing. I think that's always. The argument, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have one podcasting space where it's just these massive shows with massive audiences and they'll do really well. But then you'll have a a lot of niche shows that really hit a specific demo and they'll have a value to them, too. Uh, It's just going to be, you know, I was was talking to somebody today, as a matter of fact, uh, who was doing that, who's, who's trying to reach a very niche audience and they have small numbers, but it's a very specific audience. And I was like... You know, you can sell that, and that's great. You just got to keep in mind that at seven thousand, you know, listens per episode, you 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 might be able to attract somebody, but you know, you're going to get sixty bucks for the ad, sure, or a hundred, you know, whatever the case may sure. be. Like, and if you're cool with that, and if you're cool with, all right, like I'm doing this, and this is covering some of my expenses, and you know, maybe every other week instead of a hundred fifty bucks, you know, I'm making two, three, four, like. If you're fine with that, um, you know that's great, and keep doing it. It's just from there to 230 million is a is a long jump. Yeah, you know, and you just yeah. got to be realistic about that. Internets, listen. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're sitting here with my friend, uh, co-founder of Loudspeakers Network, uh, entrepreneur, 
Lyme, D, Lyme disease survivor, survivor, and, driver. and, and, and driver, yeah. uh, author, yeah. uh, father, so much more. Yes, sir. Uh, sneaker fiend as well, too. Uh, Reborn. Internet. Yeah. <laughs> Reborn. Internets, don't go nowhere. Be right back. Cheer. Burr. Internets, hello. Put down your latkes and pierogies. You're currently listening to the Premium Pete Show. And we're back, sitting here with my guy Chris Morrow. Burr. <laughs> talking about uh, just the life, podcasting in 2019 and more. You know, uh, there's what, almost about 20 shows on the network now? Give or take. You know you, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm liking and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of growth with is uh, Van Lathan. Van's great. Uh, uh, Red Pill Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of... You know, and, and and I mean this wholeheartedly uh, of how honest he is. Yeah. Uh, with himself, his body, yeah. his life. Uh, that whole I, Twitter thing about not wearing a shirt underneath his sweatshirt. Yeah, that was yeah. cracking me up for days, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I like him. I yeah. think, you know, it's funny, too, because, again, you think about the days we uh, were doing podcasts where people were like, oh, that's cute. Uh, and then you see something like that, and you're like, you know what? That kid has it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to pop today or a year from now, but he has it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Van's in a great spot. Um, I think for Van, the challenge is just figuring out what he wants to do. Yeah. Because I think he's he's got the type of versatility where he'd go in a lot of different directions. Um, I think he could be like a straight news guy, but he's also really funny. And he likes mixing it up just a little bit. Like He likes getting a little messy, but sure. not too messy. So... Um, you know, it was really funny. I was literally talking to somebody about him last night and I was kind of saying the same thing. Like, who do you think the, um, who do you think has the blueprint that Van should follow? Right? Like who is Van the next version of? And the person was like, there's nobody else like him. Like he's setting his own, his own path. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there's anyone out there where you can look at Van and be like, oh, he's the next whoever. Even though a lot of people deal with um, obese problems in this world, and you know, right. I I, I want to say this, I feel like the narrative so many times is somebody being poor and then getting rich, or somebody grew up struggling. Like we always say, like how we grew up and we didn't have much, and then you get some. I love the fact that this guy focuses on how overweight he was right. and how he transformed his life. I mean, don't get me wrong. You hear that, but keep in mind, I don't think people pay attention to the the business of how important. There is billions spent of people going to the gym and not everybody changes their life around, right. meaning the way they want to look. Or yo-yo diets. Yeah. I mean, right. or anything. Weight yeah. Watchers. Look how long sure. Weight Watchers is in business. My mom's been on Weight Watchers for 40 years at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's well, tough. Yeah. You, you know? know what I mean? So what I'm saying is to see that guy, and I don't want to sit here and make this a Van Layton uh, uh, nah, give him a thing, but I am. Yeah. I am. You know me. Listen, I never have a problem doing that. Right. But I will say that to see, to, it ain't easy. I have a lot of friends I grew up with, 500 pounds easy. Right. And they go back to 350 and 400. Yo, yo. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. So, so to see him, I'm proud of that. And and, 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 and and it's good to see podcasts like that, that give you more meaning than just a fucking podcast. Right. You know who else? Who else? Uh, the Reed is man. How many years is the Reed? Reed man? just had its sixth anniversary show at Fuck. Town Hall. Sold out show at Town Hall. Like rock stars, they came rock out. Rock stars, crowd going crazy. Now, what do people do when they see you uh, over there? They they don't say much. No, no. Nah. The brilliant idiot fans love you. Idiots uh, fans know me. I get stopped on the street for uh, idiots, but nobody nobody really knows me through the Reed. <laughs> and I was I was telling somebody I have a uh, I have a Reed tour jacket. Yeah, collector's edition. Uh, they don't make it in green anymore. Limited edition, right? And um, 
you know, I was at the first Saturday at Brooklyn Museum, hanging out, nice scene, and uh, I'm standing in front of a group of uh, African American women, probably like in their, you know, like late twenties, early thirties, and I can feel one of them looking at my uh, my jacket, and then one of them says, "Wow, that's interesting." Mm. And I was like, yeah, she's like, why is this fucking middle-aged white guy wearing yeah, a, sure. a re-jacket? So, uh, no, nah, if, if people if people recognize me, it's definitely probably through uh, Idiots or, I don't know, maybe Combat Jack? Yeah, probably. Maybe. There's a lot of other things. You know, you know. This show? B- give yourself some props? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you know, people uh, love when you come on. You know, it's like, you know, uh, I will say this, though. When we think about uh, uh, the read, yeah. um, six years, and again, Another one, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. the day they walked in yeah. and you and Combat had the idea of like, you know, oh, this is what they're going to be like. And you and and, and I, I, mean, and I always say this, but I remember saying like, oh, who are these people? Like, we're the flagship show, Combat Jack show. And, and, and they went off to the races. Um, they're rock stars. It's been amazing to see their growth. How after six years, like, they're still like, I, I mean, look, we've been, I, I, I don't know, eight, nine years you know, I I feel like sometimes I'm like, ah oh, man, enough of this shit. How do they still? I think they feel that way too. Yeah. But uh, the thing I'll say about them is, even if you know, sometimes I think, look, it's a drag to come to the studio every week. Yeah. Right. They really enjoy doing the show. You've been you've you know you've yeah. been outside in in the in the waiting area. Sure. You can hear the laughter through the walls. Sure. And these are soundproof walls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Whatever they feel the rest of the week, I can't really speak on it. But I know that when they get in the room together, and remember, they don't tape. I'm not in the room. The engineer's not in the room. Nobody's filmed. It's really just the two of them. And kind of the the vibe they have is, like, so strong and so pure that um, it, they just go there every time. Yeah. And, uh, and then when you see it in a live show, it's really impressive uh, just because – you see just how much like the audience is connected to them and, yeah. and feeds off of them. And hangs on every word or remembers And, you moments. know, like, Fury really owns the stage. I mean, for this show, like, when they came out, the crowd was going crazy. Crystal sat down, and he just walked around their chairs slowly once, and the crowd, like, he didn't say anything. He just, just his presence, he, he, he owned it. Like, he had, he had the entire room in his hands. You know, six years ago, uh, you brought them up to uh, uh, an, undi- an undisclosed yeah, location. Yeah, which is really got to say undisclosed now, too, for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> God, what were we doing? Um, and, and, and what did you see in them, uh, you know, that you see today? You know what I mean? That, is it everything that you imagined? Uh, no, nah, I didn't have any idea. No. Um, well, you had some type of idea. I just thought Fury was a really interesting person. Yeah. Um, because what had happened was... He was a guest on Jazz Fly and NY Delight's show, uh, Reality Check. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace, Reality Check. And what happened was the Combat Jack show would record in one room, and then Reality Check would uh, record in the adjoining studio right next door. And Jazz and NY Delight weren't really getting along, and they needed somebody to kind of be the referee or be in the middle of them. And Just Blaze would fill that role once the Combat Jack show was done. As soon as the Combat Jack was done taping, he would literally come out, go down the hallway, and then go in and kind of sit in with them. But because of timing, they needed somebody in there for a lot of time. So if you go back and listen to a lot of those early reality checks, I'm actually kind of like the third co-host in a way. 
I didn't even really want to be there, but they they just needed me in the room sure, to kind of. Sure. So I happened to be there when Jazz and you know I give her the credit. She was the one I want to bring this guy Kid Fury on, and he came on, and I was just like, whoa, like you just can tell when somebody sure. somebody has it, and I was like, you know this this guy's got it, um, and you know afterwards I was like, oh I think he needs to do a podcast, you know, and. It, I th- I think he did an interview recently. I'm not sure where I read it, but I think even after I reached out to him, like Jazz had to really convince him. It sounds like maybe he was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I don't really listen to podcasts. I'm not sure. And I think she, um, you know, was like, Nah, give it a shot. Just try it. And then, um, you know, my initial idea was like, Oh, let's let's team him up with Fresh because I knew that they were friends on. Oh, Fresh Alina. Yeah. Shout out to Fresh Yes, Lena. what she called me, the monotone poppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that stuck. And so, she wants you to buy new couches. Yeah, but that's not, not my that's couches, not Fresh. You can't, you can't lay that at my feet. I'm not, I'm not just these beat up chairs. But yeah, not, yeah. Not, not those couches. So I was like, ah, uh, you know, maybe you could hook up with uh, Fresh. And he was like, well, I have this friend that you know, um, you know, I talked to him on the phone and we just have great conversations. Could I try it with her? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And now, was she from uh, New York or she wasn't? Crystal? Crystal no, nah, Crystal's from uh, Oklahoma. So I'm, she so she happened to be living in New York City too? She had just moved, I think the story is, to New York. And I now realize that I did know who she was because Fresh had actually hired her or assigned her to cover Nas and Jay-Z's birthday party mm-hmm. for Crunktastical. Yeah. And she ended up getting thrown out of the really? thing and she wrote like a really funny recap of it and I remember reading the recap and being like oh this shit was hysterical but I didn't realize that was her so uh, yeah so like they did it together and like that was that and there was no turning back yeah you know what a um, you know Brilliant Idiots has been going on a long time yeah you know uh, it's funny because I, I had Andrew uh, Schultz on recently mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about like how you know how that show has evolved. Yeah. But uh, we also spoke about like, did he ever think that there come a point in time where he wouldn't be doing it anymore? You know what I mean? Because the show has had ups and downs sure, or whatever. Sure. Um, what do you think has kept them together? Because I mean, look, it's not easy. Like, let's be honest here. What we're talking about is podcasts. I've been doing it for years. Right. We've been doing it for years, and you've you've been through the the grind yourself. Um, it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get. Uh, you know, disappointed or resentful or whatever the word is, you know, when you're doing a show with somebody and these shows have a million lives within those five or six years. Um, you know, you saw it with Combat Jack show. That show had what, like a six, seven year run? Within those six or seven years, there were a million different little stories and ups and downs and this and that mm-hmm. and intrigues. And like, that's kind of the nature of these things. And I think uh, the beauty of it is that unlike a TV show or maybe some other platforms, like we get to really go all the way in those intrigues or those dramas. It's it's not buttoned up and it can get really raw. Sure, sure. Uh, but it can be exhausting for sure. Uh, with Schultz and Charlemagne, I think it kind of comes down to the same thing with uh, Crystal and Fury. Like I think they just enjoy talking to each other because um, it's kind of a similar origin story. Um, you know, the origin story of Idiots is I actually met Charlemagne for the first time on the Combat Jack show, and I was talking to him afterwards. And I just sent you a picture. I sent me a picture. I didn't know who that was at first. Yeah, I sent you a yeah, picture you can see me in the from background. that episode. Yeah, that Classic. was crazy. 
That was you uh, dark like, skin you, you Charlemagne. Like you had a hard day that day. Yeah, I was looking like a drunk Irish uncle of mine or something. But, <laughs> so uh, go ahead. So I, I met Charlemagne there, and I actually didn't talk to him. I talked to him about uh, working on a book project. Which 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 ended up happening. At doing, you did two books for him. I ended up doing two. So it was a momentous evening in retrospect. But through that, you know, I developed a relationship with him. And then I was like, you need to do a podcast. And he was still kind of like, why would I do a podcast? I'm on Breakfast Club. Yeah. And then I kind of sold him on the idea over, you know, I would say a series of months. And then he was like, okay, I want to do it. And there were, I said, who do you want to do it with? And there was a, a female uh, comic. I won't say who it was. He said, I think I should do it with her. And it got as far as me uh, speaking with her agent. And she, the agent was like, uh, you know, why should she do this? What's, what's, what's the value in this? We don't see the value in this. Um, why would they do it with a network? What do you really bring? Like, just kind of. Sure, sure. After a while, I was like, look, man, if you can't see it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And uh, I can promise you she made a mistake. Yeah. I haven't heard this woman's name in a long time. Yeah. I actually don't remember it, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, so I went back to Charlemagne. I said, this isn't going to work out, man. There's, there's too much BS going on here with the agent. Um, who's next? What else do you think? And he goes, well, you know Schultz from uh, Geico? And I was like, well, I've seen him. And he goes, I just didn't, we, have good com we have good phone combos. Do you think that could work? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Let me check him out. So uh, Schultz was the guest. I think it was that guy, Dante Nero's yeah, Dante podcast. Nero, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the New York Podcast Festival, which was like really bootleg. It was like at a bar, some dive bar, in the basement rather of a dive bar in the Lower East Side. And I went down there, I bought a ticket for like 20 bucks, and it was Schultz, that guy, Michael Shea, who's the anchor on Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. Dante Nero, and then like two other comics on this. And Schultz killed, he killed all of them. Like, he was really fucking good. And, you know, afterwards I was like, yo, man, you know, like, I think Charlemagne had told him I was coming, and I was like, you know. Yeah, like, you're like a scout. I was like a scout, I scouted him out. I was like, yo, man, you were funny, like, you want to grab a drink? And we sat at the bar. And uh, I was like, yo, like, we're, we're thinking about starting this podcast, man. Would you be, would you fuck with it? He's like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And it was, it was like literally that easy. Like, just being like, hey, man, you're funny. You want to do a podcast with us? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And no agent, no. Sure, sure. To his credit, like, he got it instantly. He was just like, yeah, I see what this is. Let's, let's do it. And it's funny, in retrospect, it's like I was telling him, do you know he is 10 steps ahead of comedians that have been doing it for 10 years? I'm, I'm explaining to right. you, uh, or 20 years. I'm explaining to you because he has multiple platforms to push himself. Right. So now he has people that can come visit him from multiple cities that listen to him yeah. in the podcast. I feel like they know him before they even get to, you know, like keep in mind, you go see a comic, you're like, oh, I've seen him before once or twice. Or they listen to him all the time. Sure. So it is amazing when you think. Yeah, about I mean, it. look, me and Andrew, like, we've been bumping heads a lot politically. You know, communist Chris, he calls. Yeah, it? what he, snowflake, yeah. all sorts of shit. But I give him his 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 credit in terms of the platform he's built. Like, he's been he's been very smart, and uh, you know, he's put in a lot of work. Yeah, you know, he's definitely put in a lot of work. Yeah, is there uh, any other shows we should be looking at uh, from the network that uh, that? You well, know? we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, I'd say a, a new one that we just launched is Bully and the Beast mm -hmm. uh, with Wax. Wax is from a star. the idiots. Wax is a star. We were talking about this on and the phone the other day. And L'Oreal also a star. So um, that one's a little bit different. We're taking phone calls with that, which is a little bit of a new twist for us. Uh, so I'm excited about that. 
But that one has come out the gate and done really well. Nice. And I think the thing that's exciting about that is you you you'll sometimes you'll launch a show and it'll have a you know strong debut, then, and then you watch off. half yeah. the audience go away. Yeah. And they've been really consistent for the first. Two months. I'd the say. last time you were on here, you were talking about that he wanted a lie detector test or something. Wax, or I don't think that. Wax really understands what a podcast is sometimes because, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, "We need lie detector tests," and then he's like, "The other thing we got to do is we're gonna have <laughs> women go out on dates with guys, but they're gonna have an earpiece, and I'm gonna be telling them what to say in the restaurant." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "That's cool. That's also a TV show. Yeah, you yeah, know, like that's yeah. not a podcast." Yeah. I was like, "Why don't you just do the podcast, make it a hit, and then do the TV show?" But he was so obsessed with the lie detector thing that I actually went on Amazon and I found like some bullshit Cracker Jack lie detector test that they were selling for like 60 bucks and I just bought it for him and then he was going around for like a week after that giving people a lie detector Did test. Did it work? He claims it works. There's no way it fucking worked. Like yeah. it's like some, some Cracker Jack. <laughs> it was like literally some shit you would get in like a Cracker Jack thing. So, but he, he is obsessed uh, with the idea of giving people a lie detector test and I, I hope to be able to help make his dream come true on that front. You know, uh, here goes the, another thing that we keep on saying with emails. I'm sure you get so many. Uh, do people still bother you to come on the network? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 do you have any advice for them? If uh... sorry, I'm probably not going to respond to your email. I got to be honest <laughs> at this point. Um, should they hit up? Why? I told you how long you should have got an assistant. I know. I, I, am am I still right on that? Yeah, it's I'm I'm too far gone at this point, and I feel I feel really badly about it because I kind of. Uh, prided myself on being somebody who would always respond to emails. I would never like get in sure. a position where, you know, I'm just not responding. But the truth of the matter is, I'm probably not going to respond. Keep sending them. Yeah. You never know. Well, I, I'll give you some advice. Say some funny shit in there to him, and then maybe he'll. How about respond. this? Here, I'm gonna, I, I just came up with this off the top of my head. Send me a video clip, even though it's a podcast. Yeah. Send me like a, a you know a 20 second trailer that I can watch. Because the problem is like. Even if someone like sends me a description of a show that sounds interesting and kind of intriguing, like the idea that I'm going to listen to like a 45, it's just not happening. I just don't have the the bandwidth for it right now. Send me, send me, you know, make a little trail because I've noticed people are making uh, trailers for podcasts now, and I think that's the new move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your friend Chico Leo, shouts to Chico Leo. He has a new podcast coming out. What's it called? It's called Sword and Scandal. Oh my God! This is crazy. It's the history of mankind told through movies. Wow! So he's starting with Quest for Fire, and he's going to work his way all the way up to the contemporary uh, world. And he put together like a five-minute trailer. He actually has a friend who owns one of the biggest movie trailer companies in the country. Like you know, who really puts together trailers mm-hmm. for you know first rate you know blockbuster type movies and he somehow talked this guy into making a trailer for the podcast that incorporates all these movies set in ancient history it's actually pretty good so like something like that i would actually like if you sent me a version of that i would click it right but you know i i can barely listen to all of our own shows let alone somebody else's show yeah so 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 people listening at home People listening on the train, people listening in the car, people listening on a plane, uh, wherever they're listening. We we spoke before about like uh, we spoke many times yeah. about this. But uh, if you want to do a podcast, you do a podcast. Do the fucking podcast. Right? Don't don't 
Don't overthink stop it. Stop comparing yeah. uh, uh, y- yourself and and start creating. But but I think I, I think we spoke obviously. I a, need to do yeah. it. I haven't even made a podcast. Uh, you yet. keep on saying this stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know who's going to be your co-host over here? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something different. I just haven't figured out what it is. I keep changing my mind. Well, speaking of that, that that, that goes to some. You know, as we wind this episode down, that goes to what uh, I, I I wanted to say. We spoke about you know health and wellness being an option. Yeah. What are uh, crime is still big. Is crime still the biggest? Yeah, podcast? I'd say crime is still. I mean, sports. 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 You know, ESPN, The Ringer, all these places like they're really killing it with yeah. sports right now. Yeah, uh, we're we're allegedly about to dip our toe into the sports uh, arena, and I'm I'm excited if if we can get this thing off the ground, we might we might have a sports offering. Well, I mean, listen, uh, having uh, podcasts in all different uh, you know genres yeah. is, is is what's important to be yeah. able to be diversified and scripted. You know, I, I you know I've said this the last three times we talked, but I'm I'm still really uh, big unscripted, big unscripted. Um, it was announced at South by Southwest yesterday. I mean, we've we've known about it for a while, but uh, I'll say it here: uh, we are bringing Mogul back, or you know, more specifically, Gimlet is bringing Mogul back. Uh, and the first two episodes are going to be uh, about Reggie's life, the Combat Jack story. And uh, we've been talking a lot off mic about it and uh, what it's going to sound like. And uh, you know, we're still in the process of really hammering that out and, you know, making it so that, you know, everybody close to it is comfortable with it. But I think we're going to get there. And, uh, you know, I th- I think that's going to be, uh, you know, obviously for us it's going to be an emotional podcast. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, I think it's going to be a celebration at the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've told you this and, you know, I'll say it on the mic, you know, I, and I also think it's something that Reggie uh, would have wanted. So that's something to look out for. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say, check it out or you're going to really like this. I mean, you know, I don't know how you yeah like it. You know what I mean? But I think you try to um, think of it as a celebration and, uh, you know, giving somebody who deserves respect that that sort of respect and that sort of overview and uh maybe it turns you on to something else and that's i think that's uh you know the 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 way you can try to look at it and you know i think you know the mistake would have been not doing something yeah so i'm 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 hopeful and 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 confident that we're gonna accomplish something with that i'm i'm hoping i hear it um and uh you know i want to hear more you know, so. well, you know, it's two episodes. That's what Gimlet decided to yep. do. Um, maybe we'll do it ourselves. We yeah. talked about that. We'll tell the rest. Who knows? You yeah. know, listen, uh, Spotify, we started off saying Spotify acquired Gimlet. How small, small networks, like, do you see people coming to try to acquire them as well? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to be this tremendous. Uh, uh, you know, Gimlet uh, uh, powerhouse to be acquired, you know? Well, listen, do you man, believe in that? Yeah, I do, because at the end of the day, it's content. Yeah. And somebody's got to create it, yeah. right? And if, if you can, if you have a proven track record of creating content that people like, that people fuck with, then someone's going to fuck with you. I mean, it's, it's you know, pretty much that simple. Yeah. 
Listen, 2019 podcast. It's not the year's not over yet. Okay. I we mean, have- it's only March, and we've had two of the. I mean, we haven't. I won't get too into it because I don't know when this is going to air. But the day we're recording, it just happened today. Uh, Gimlet also unionized today. What does that well, mean? Well, they didn't actually unionize. They announced the the employees announced that they're forming a union. What does that mean? Break that down. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it means that the employees want to be part of. I guess it's Screen Actors Guild or Writers Guild. I don't. I can't remember which one it was. But essentially, uh, they want to have a say in the direction of the company and. Uh, how editorial decisions are made and how hiring decisions are made and wages and compensation and insurance and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, my interpretation of it is that's an issue that is becoming more important to kind of this next generation coming up now. You know, sure. I think it's BuzzFeed. Did BuzzFeed already unionize? But I feel I like so, yeah. I'm not really that up on it, but I I, I feel like that's something that uh, people in their 20s uh, really are passionate about now. Yeah. And, you know, my guess is, I'm not in their shoes, but my guess is it's kind of a response to the freelance workforce model that's so prevalent now where, like, everybody's doing freelance gigs and not getting insurance and not really getting compensated correctly. So I think, um, you know, I think that's what's driving it. Um. So we'll see how that plays out, but it's 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 definitely an interesting development. That's a big deal for podcasting. Yeah, you know, with with, with all the acquiring and stuff like that, do you think that I know we we started off saying that we hope it doesn't lose its soul? You know, like we spoke about before, like it's gonna it's about. That's already broken. lost its soul. No, but but here's my thing. Yeah. Do you think that podcast can still be uh, unfiltered? Like people, because some people are afraid. Uh, you know, sure, th- you can't sure. say certain things. You know, it's a little bit. It's going to get more and more censored, but we still have a couple of years of of being raw. Okay. The reason we have a couple more years is there's just so many podcasts. The 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 police or whoever it is out there, you know, making these decisions, they just can't keep up with all the content. Yeah. You know how how is someone going to say uh, Premium Pete? You know, cursed ten times on his episode. It's just there are too yeah. many shows, but. As more of these shows gravitate to these platforms like a Spotify or, let's say, an Apple makes a move or Pandora, I think what you're going to see is those platforms start to police internally those shows. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that happens. What's what's going to happen the first time, you know, Spotify says the button, hey, you know, I know it feels important to talk about that, but is, could we avoid... X, Y, and Z. We don't want you talking about the Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, doc- I don't, the, hey, those conversations could have already happened. Uh, I don't know. But it's kind of inevitable, right? Whereas... Become a little bit more corporate Well, before they could say whatever the fuck they wanted. Sure. And they did. And, you know, I think for now they probably still have the freedom, but, you know, with money comes censorship. I mean, that's just... That's true in... In movies or music or anything, I mean, you know, if you want the big money, you got to be prepared to kind of make some compromises. Any new books uh, you're working on? Yeah, I just had a meeting the other day with someone who was very interesting. Really? Yeah. We keep it on the hush for now. Major, major, major uh, rap figure. Icon. Icon. A true icon. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you done you done Russell Simmons, you yeah. done you done uh uh Russell Simmons books, you done Charlemagne's books, you Rev done Rev Run. Rev Run, I mean my man Tyrese. Tyrese. Yes, I mean, Tyrese. To, for people who listen who may not, you know, know your work and just learning more about you, you could check back. We've done a, a bunch of episodes with Chris Morrow. Yeah. Um first off I wanna say uh that we always uh, send prayers and, and, and with the Lyme disease and I hope Thank that you. you could, you know, get better each day. Thank you. Um um I'm proud of, of it's it's so crazy sometimes I sit back like when I sent you that picture picture i just look at those moments i really appreciate like how many years we've come you know what i mean like i look at you and i'm, I'm it makes me very proud thank you, uh, you too and i, I yeah. i'll share something on that note i don't want to give away too much of this upcoming uh mogul thing but we uh you know matt nelson got an interview with just blaze yeah that i was able to hear and a little bit of and i i'll i'll, I'll share this thing he said something that, that kind of struck me where he, he said when you're making history you're never aware of it mm. right when you're in the when you're in the middle of something doing something that people are going to remember you never have that sense that you're doing it you're just doing it and that's what makes it special right you're so caught up in it and he said that was the case with rockefeller he's like we never sat around thinking oh we're making these historical songs we're just caught up in the process of making it and he said the same thing about combat jack show he said we weren't sitting there thinking, oh, we're making, we're creating this new space in hip-hop podcasting. We're, we're making these legendary shows that people are going to be talking about years later. No, we're just, we're just doing it. And, uh, you know, that's something that really, really kind of stuck with me is it is true. Like, you don't think, right? Did you ever no, no. sit there and be like, you're just trying to make it through that night. You're just trying to yeah. make something that's like going to be hot the next day that people are talking about. Like you, you it's it's all kind stay of stay relevant with the week. To, you're like you're like swimming. You know, yeah. you're you're just trying to stay afloat. And doggy paddling. Doggy paddling. Backstroke, sinking, taking on water, then up again. And you know, it, it did make me kind of reflect a little. You know, and I can remember being so stressed out every time with the Combat Jack show. You know, with the studios or the drinking or the smoking. Or, yeah, we would drive you crazy. I was going crazy. And uh, you know, when I look back on it now, even only maybe you know, like four years later, I'm like, oh shit, that was history. Yeah, those were classic episodes. Why was I should have been fucking celebrating every night? You know, we should have been going crazy every night. You know. But when you're when you're in the middle of something, it's like very. Di so, I'd always felt that. But to hear just who is someone who's done it twice and yeah. on a bigger level, because sure. you can say well, you know maybe Combat Jack show was history, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. The Rockefeller shit was clearly sure, absolutely. History. There's no question about that. So for him to be able to kind of put his finger on it and say no, like this is really what happens. Like I was like, oh shit, like that's. That's how it went down. That's why I I I felt that way. Like that's why I never was like confident about what was happening. If that makes sense. Yeah. I was always. Hey, we did drive you crazy. Yeah, you guys. You know, I think about the time I remember I locked the door on you. That was then, classic. You know, <laughs> but in retrospect, that's classic. <laughs> no, right? I know, but 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 you know what I realized? And you know what made me realize when when you just said about corporate, like. Not saying I don't ever look at you as corporate, but maybe that was us turning a little bit corporate. You know what I mean? Where it's like I had to listen to somebody. Where Reggie just let me do whatever the hell I want. You know? Well, that that's and, the, and, that's kind then, of the irony, right? After that we, night, I really was like, All right, I got to listen to Chris. You know? But that's that's the irony of it, which was people kind of saw me as like the button up white guy, right? Yeah. The business guy. I'm fucking nuts. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was. I can remember like when Tax had his. Uh, that live. Did you go to his live show? 
uh, in Philly, I think I went. Yeah, the, well, that was crazy too. But the the New York one was like out of control. And I remember getting dressed to go there, and I told my wife, I was like, I need to put on a fucking blazer, just so I seem like a fucking old middle aged sure, white guy. Sure. Somebody's got to seem like not not in control, but you know what I mean. Like, and sure enough, like at the end of the night, it was chaos, and you know, I was I was trying to like physically hurt get people wouldn't leave the theater like you know the security guard was standing on a table scre- do say screaming really? do say do s- they came into the theater there was like the woman who ran the venue grabbed me and pulled me and goes look at this they turned the lights on there were like 400 do bottles just like oh litter. every seat had like a do bottle underneath it and the security guard jumped up on the table and was like Started to scream like, "You get the fuck out of here!" And I pulled him. I said, like, "You don't want to do this, man." Yeah. I was like, <laughs> "I was like, you don't want to do this. Don't don't fight this fight, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. gonna go south for you quickly, you know." Because I kind of saw everyone like turn around and look at him, like, you know, yeah, what? And let me get this. And then you know, I kind of like went through the crowd and was like, "They were like, okay, Chris, okay, Chris, fine. Yeah, we, we, we gotta we'll get leave. out of here. We gotta Chris get says it. it's time to go home. Yeah. It's all right, you know." So I was like, "All right, I guess somebody's kind of got to be the." the the corporate guy or the you know the suit to to some respect uh and you know now it's all suits yeah you know it's all suits now so hopefully we keep it alive man listen uh, a little bit longer people listening you know uh podcast world podcasters uh maybe they have a small network maybe they want to get in uh, I always ask you this, but uh, you know, obviously, moods change of what you think about this. You know, scope. What's what's some advice you have for somebody that uh, you know is in this world, uh, meaning the podcasting world, and wants to you know make a splash and 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 wants to really, you know, I guess the big question is how to you know I'm not saying you could tell them how to grow, but meaning like what's your advice to them as far as in this space in 2019? All right, I'm going to share something that I thought of last night. Okay. Don't look for your idea online. Okay. That's that's going to be my advice. Because I had this moment last night where I was like, because I'm always trying to think of ideas for shows. And, sure. And I'm like, I'm looking at the same fucking shit that everybody else is looking. You know, I'm on my Twitter feed reacting to the same gifts, the same people, yeah, sure. the same memes. Sure. I'm like, I'm not going to find anything unique here. We're all looking at the same thing. I got to read a book. I got to look other places. Sure. I would say look other places. Di- uh, diamond in the rough. Somewhere. Because if you see something online, and everyone else is seeing it. Yeah. You know? And it used to be you could go online and find somebody that's just bubbling, right? If you're bubbling online, all the big boys are already, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. You have an idea for something. Someone does an interesting thread on it. We're all staring at the same sure. little pot of ideas. It feels huge, but it's actually smaller than we realize. So that's that's kind of the advice I gave myself. So I'll share it with everybody else. It's like, don't try to get your next idea off of Twitter or IG or yeah. whatever. Or go, Facebook. Go out into your life. Go out into the world. Live. Live. Find something out there. That's where you're... That's where your best idea probably lives. You may find it in the, you know, in, in the woods or whatever. You find it in your family. And you know what? I'll give advice to people in podcasting. I will say this: don't, you know, uh, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty in other uh, parts of podcasting. You never know how that could help you in the future. You know, don't you, you know, I, I think you could be if you're a talent. Don't think that you can't learn how to edit or produce. Oh, or, I'll take it a step further, you know, man. You want to make money? Mm, you talk really about want to make money? 
fuck making shows, man. Come up with a platform. Come up with some a new way to listen to podcasts. Mm. I can't do it. But if I could, my mind doesn't work that way. That that'd be the first thing I do because that's that's where the money is. The money is not in the content. The money is coming up with a new app or a new platform yeah. platform or delivery system or metric, whatever yeah. it is. Like if your mind works in that way, mine doesn't. But if your mind works those ways and you can think of an idea, that's how you're going to make the real money. Come up with some shit, make it work. And then that you want to flip something. That's what you flip. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's the email I respond to. I'll hey. tell you right now. There you go. You, you want to get me to respond to an email? Hit me with like some real. Hey, Chris, I'm working on something. And, uh, yes, yes. You, you know, will hear back from me on that. <laughs> yeah. you know, if you if you email me and you say, uh, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, me and my friends, uh, you know, we have this show. We talk a little bit about We're music. You know, no, nah, I'm probably not going to respond. But if you're like, "Hey, I got this pretty good idea for a podcast delivery app, but I'm not sure who to take it to," I know. So there you, you can tell me and we'll do it. There you Bring go. him in. There, there we go. go. Internet, listen, the one and only, my friend, Chris Morrow. Burr. Burr. See you next episode. Cheers. Internets, if you enjoyed that episode, then hit me up. That's right. Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. If you're an advertiser, any big company, small company, startup, whatever it is, you want to advertise on the Premium Peep Show? Hit me up. Email thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll get to working, okay? And if you have a suggestion or you want to hear a certain guest on the show, whatever it is, okay? You know, you could at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show on Twitter or Instagram. Or for the last time I'll tell you, well, I'm not gonna, it's not the last time. Email me, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. And let's get to working. Cheers.